With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a smooth show Monday, but more importantly, it is MLK Day. So happy MLK Day to each and every one of you out there listening. MLK Day edition of Ball Don't Lie. And we only got one more hour left in, uh, in, in the MLK Day edition of Ball Don't Lie. And who is this? This is a hard request. Who is it? Who is it? Is? This is the song is called King Holiday, but it's the King Dream Chorus and the Holiday Crew. It's a collection. It's like a star-studded group of '80's artists. Oh yeah, you hear, yeah. You hear a new rem- edition right here. I right? remember this. Yeah. So actually. this was, I believe, it was 1986 when MLK Day became uh, a holiday. The holiday. And uh, one of MLK's sons, I believe, was the one who put, put together, together like this yep. group to do a song for it. Nice. Okay. Yep. But that go. started off with Curtis Blow. Curtis Blow. Yeah, Curtis, Curtis Blow. Blow. You heard it when it goes with it like this. We're playing. <laughs> okay, best. so we're talking about 80s uh, hip hop stars. Oh, yeah. Okay, how, how many? Some soul, like, Whitney Houston Houston was in there. Whitney Houston's on there. Is Run DMC on here? No. I don't Run think I was not Run in there. there. Oh, interesting. No. Is Kumo D on here? Oh, you know Kumo D's on there. Is LL Cool J on there? No. Um, Big list. Daddy Kane? Ooh. You know um, what? I think so. Is, uh, I think Big Daddy Kane is on there. Big Daddy Kane on there? I'm just, trying to, I'm just naming random. His, oh, Heavy D? Oh, you know Heavy's on there. Fat Boys? I'm <laughs> Fat just naming, Boys was I'm not. Naming they wasn't on there. This wasn't a crush groove. <laughs> this wasn't a crush groove. I'm just naming random 80s rappers. Uh, Run DMC it, was on it. Run who, DMC was oh, on it. Oh, night. Boom. All right, so the holiday crew is the rappers. It's Curtis yep. Blow, the Fat Boys. Fat Boys. Grandmaster Mel Mel, okay. Run DMC, and Houdini. Houdini, damn it, I should have definitely said Houdini. The freaks come the, out at night. The yeah. dream chorus is Elder Barge, Whitney Houston, <gasps> Stacey Lattisaw, Lisa Lisa with Full Force, Tina Marie, <laughs> yeah. <force>. Menudo. <laughs> yeah, they got in. They snuck Stephanie in. Mills, New Edition, and James J.T. Taylor. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That is who was all on that track. New Edition was early and in the track. And there's a couple versions. There's a short version and a long version. Well, that's so I guess you got to get everybody in there. people in there. <laughs> wow. That way you get everybody in there. That is, there you yeah. go. I learned something new today. Yeah. I've heard that song before. You have. Yeah. I don't think I, I didn't know yeah. the artist that were in it. So there you go. I mean, that was a, a hard recommendation. That's right. I got a phone. My boy, my boy Foster sent it to me. He's like, man, don't forget about this song on MLK Day. I said, I already listened to it this morning when I got up, dog. Because I knew. I was like, I already got a couple and happy birthday. Day we got to play and some other stuff in the hardship. I was like, all right, put it in the playlist. I was like, put it in there, dog. Yeah, I love that MLK Day has a few songs now oh, devoted yeah. to MLK for sure. MLK Day, and although there are other great holidays devoted to great people in this country, very few of them have their own like, like songs. Like they are like 
are, I don't know, these seasonal holidays like Christmas right, and stuff right. like that. Yeah. They have, actually have songs I, for well, it. Well, I think this is one of the ones that actually most of the songs for it are, are well-meaning. There's some that are like cash-in songs. Like someone's like Valentine's, let's drink a Valentine's Day song. Yep. That'll that'll just like I can make money or St. Patrick's Day, my guess. Yeah, that's true. But this is like this is like everyone who's you're playing. You're like, oh no, this is all for the like. They're like, hey, we need to celebrate the man. Yes. So let's do a track. Yeah, a higher purpose. Yes, no question. Yeah. Uh, all right, learn something new all the time. My man, Patrick. Uh, Specs text line five one two three three seven three seven seven six. You also can hit us up via Twitter. I'm at Rod Davis in the Twitterverse. My man Harge is at Hardball Harge, and my man Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis. All right, before we get to this Cowboys discussion, uh, I want to talk uh, about the other playoff games that we did not get to, yep. and most notably the third greatest comeback in NFL history. Uh, we didn't really finish up that discussion, so I want to finish up that discussion and we can hit the other games that we didn't get to. But the Chargers were up 27-0 on the Jags in the wild card round. Um, the Jags ended up coming back to win that game, and it was a extraordinary performance because uh, the Jags, at one time, uh, they when they were trailing by 27 points, uh, they and this is a this is very strange. Like they were. They actually committed more to the run in the second half, even though they were down 27 points, than the Chargers did when they were up by 27 points. Mm-hmm. Um, strangely enough, uh, just they they both had the, both quarterbacks had the same amount of passing attempts in the first half, and Justin Herbert actually had 23 passing attempts in the second half, and Trevor Lawrence had 19. Um, if you want to look at all the different ways the Chargers lost this game. Uh, the worst, most unforgivable um, son of uh, football sin that they uh, committed was that they failed to run the ball to yes. control the game in the second half. Very much so. It was amazing. Nine, only 19 <clears throat> uh, rushing yards after they got the 27-point lead. 20 total. total rushes, or excuse me, 23 total rushes on the ground and 20 by the running backs. Yeah. I mean, that that to me is so telling. and. You know as well as I do, we always talk about time of possession and how the game was broken down and where where was where were you missed at. The time of possession, as always, you start looking at how this team went about their game plan. It was terrible. It was tw- they had the ball for thirty two minutes. The 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 uh, Chargers did, but they only had eighteen first downs in the game total. It's unbelievable. It's it's so crazy to me. And then you also look at the conversions. There, every stat says that they should have won the game. Every stat, they had the best conversions. They were eight of six, eight of seventeen on conversions, while um, the 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 Jaguars were two of ten. Hmm. I mean, but they went for it on fourth down twice, and they got. I mean, three times, and they went two for three on on fourth down. There's so many, the rushing yard. I mean, there are so many things that you look at this game and you're like. How did they lose? Yeah, it, it actually. And Brandon Staley's a defensive guy, and he's a defensive guy. It's also something else <laughs> that may be unforgivable for him. Right. That's why he's probably going to end up. If he's not, I can't on believe the he's now. not fired. I can't believe he's not fired. I, I, what I, what I, I tell y'all, what I tell y'all on Friday, they don't fire him. It's because they don't have the money to fire mm-hmm. him. He's still owed eight million dollars, I believe. Around eight million dollars, they have to fire him and then pay somebody else. So all of it probably this season would cost him about twenty million dollars, 
And I don't know if they have $20 million they're going to throw into that. So we're watching Justin Herbert, who everybody believes is one of a very high-level quarterback. He's he's one of the top two tiers, right? And it's being wasted. It is absolutely being wasted. Because you haven't, you were you were up twenty seven points. You the, the Jags had their, their turnover margin um, yes. of minus five. The Jags were so that means the Chargers were plus five in turnover margin. Four interceptions and one fumble. Four interceptions in the first half for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, the Jags were the first team to win a playoff game with a minus five turnover margin. Yeah, I'm T- <laughs> unreal. Yeah, unreal. Um, yeah, it, it really is one of those games where they had no business. The Chargers had no business losing that game. Now, I don't know if this is the kind of game that gets you fired, uh, but it might be in that in that frame. I mean, it might be that type of game that ultimately it's so shameful for they, Chargers They heated fans. up the oven. Let's say that. They got that flame flickering Wait. right there that they're trying to light because if he doesn't get fired, he is on the hot seat. What I don't get is that we see Jeff Saturday come in, and he does the same thing that, that Brandon Staley's done for two years now which is not be able to close out against good teams, yep. not be able to finish games. And we see that, and everybody goes, oh, yeah, what a terrible coach. Jeff Saturday should have never been a coach. But Brandon Staley, because he's a good defensive coordinator, everybody says, oh, you know what, he'll figure it. He's not going to figure it out. Yep. He's a bad head coach, and maybe down the line he will go back and be a coordinator again and learn and fix his mistakes. But as long as you keep him there as a head coach, I don't think there's any chance that he's going to figure out, oh, I'm doing these 45 things wrong. Because it's so many things you got to do wrong to constantly blow big leads like this. Yeah, NFL teams had won 101 consecutive games with no turnovers and five-plus takeaways, and the Chargers broke the streak. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, That's how rare it is. Very. Teams were... Teams who were who, who were uh, minus five in turnover margin were zero and twenty six in the playoffs, or teams who were plus five in turnover margin were twenty six and zero in the playoffs, and that is the first loss. So, yeah. and, I, and, it, it might be yeah, that that might be the one that and, seals the. And the we fate. can blame it on the missed field goal. Jacksonville would have scored a touchdown there. Like I, I don't have any doubt in my mind, Jacksonville would have scored a touchdown. Still Jacksonville there. was going to score they a touchdown. Gonna, like they broke that big run mm. on fourth and one to get it within the fifteen. They had 45, 50 seconds left at that point to still try and get it in the end zone, and they kneeled the ball basically to center the ball and get it for the kick. They could have gone for the the touchdown. And so even if it is a five point game and not a two point game, they they can still score a touchdown and win that game. How about how yeah. about that play call? Wing T fourth, fourth <laughs> inches. Hey, out coach. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, there it is. was that uh, that wing T formation. Um, it was the sixth time an offense had lined up with three players in the backfield on fourth down. Uh, the Jaguars had accounted for three of those six times. So they've used yeah. it before, just never in that critical of a situation. But that's why Doug Peterson, you know, that's yeah. why he's, uh, he's Doug Peterson and you're Brandon yeah. Staley. Yeah. He's got a Super Bowl <laughs> ring and you don't. You do not. Uh, Bills beat the Dolphins 34-31. to 31. Um, The Bills blew a 17-point lead, ended up hanging on um, for the victory. And this was a... This was a strange game from a lot for a lot of reasons. Miami scored 17 first half points. They averaged 20 and a half yards gained on their four uh, scoring drives. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, that's a big number too. It's because of the three turnovers though yep. by the Bills, who had a, and the and there was a, in the second half. I think that was one 
legitimate drive, a 75-yard drive by Miami. But then they had 44 combined yards, only six of the drives in the second half. Yet they stayed in this game, mostly because the Bills, to lack of a better term, they're self-destructive. Very much so. They're very they're self-destructive, man. Uh, right? They're volatile. Yeah, they yeah, because they try they think the big play is the answer for everything. They don't they don't we talk about the running game and the lack thereof in in uh Buffalo because Josh Allen is the running game, but they went away from Devin Singletary. They went away from Cook. James Cook was running the ball well. He scored a touchdown on the ground and then they never ran the ball with him again. And I do want to also put this out there too. Because I saw this stat today, and it it makes a lot of sense when you start thinking about Josh Allen and the recklessness that he's played with. Did you know that Josh Allen this season has 16 interceptions and 16 fumbles, including the playoffs? That's a stat that people – and he's an MVP candidate. If that had been Dak, people would be losing their mind. This dude has 16 interceptions and 16 fumbles this season. Yeah, that's always been his like his deal used to be that he would do that and he wasn't good enough to overcome it and now he's just good enough to overcome it. But yeah, if he could stop that, he'd be really really he'd be good. Really good. Well, Brian Dabble actually who's helped out <laughs> Daniel Jones, we talked about this earlier in the show, helped out Daniel Jones who was arguably <clears throat> the most careless Reckless starting quarterback mm-hmm. in the league. At one point, yep. And now he's turned him into the most responsible quarterback with the football in the league. And Brian Dabble was able to lower the risk factor mm-hmm. with Josh Allen a lot. Uh, and he was a lower, lower, not low, but lower risk quarterback and a high reward quarterback. Now he's just high risk, high reward. Yeah. So I agree. He's boom or bust. But you, you got Right now you're <clears throat> booming because you continue to live exactly. on to the next, you got to. next day. Yeah. Uh, speaking of booming, the 49ers are booming. And Ooh. once again, a 41-23, just, uh, they just slaughtered Seattle. But I thought the game was closer than the score would indicate. But once they put their foot on the throttle, or more, maybe more precisely, on the neck of Seattle, the game was over with. Yeah. I mean, once the 49ers imposed their will, there was nothing that Seattle really could do. Um, and, man, did you know there were like three or four ineligible man downfield calls yeah. in that game? That was really that was very strange, too. I guess the refs were notified of that yeah, for sure. as an issue, no question. Yeah. But, man, Brock Purdy, once again, I mean, first rookie quarterback to win a playoff game since 2012. Only rookie with four total touchdowns in a playoff game. He, has, he hasn't had a rookie moment yet. He's not. It hasn't happened. And, and his, his spirit and his energy in which he plays with – it, it seems to be taking over that team. They love that dude. They do. When you start watching him and how how he's interacting with them, he threw for 332 yards. But the thing about it is he kept plays alive, extending the plays. And then th- those two secret weapons that we talked about on Friday, they're not even secret weapons. Those two weapons in Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey – they showed up big in the playoffs, and mm-hmm. that's exactly what you expect from them. I saw them even line Debo up in the backfield again and handed him a direct snap and him being able to run the ball off off the tackle. And it was like, well, he didn't mind lining up in the backfield well, there. But there was a play early in the game <laughs> that I'm gonna say, I was just like, this is why I love watching Kyle Shanahan offenses. But it was they lined up Debo in the backfield and put Christian McCaffrey in the slot and just ran a slot route with McCaffrey. And it was such a simple play, but because you threw different looks at them, the defense didn't expect, mm-hmm. hey, we're just going to do this little slant with one of our star players. 
because you just don't you don't think oh well they're going to line up their wide receiver their running back out there and use him as a wide receiver. They got Debo in the backfield. You got to watch out for Debo. Hey man, they may slide out here and McCaffrey may be in a motion or mm-hmm. and then he just runs a simple route and gets yep. the first. And you're just like, that's why I love it is because you can do something simple if you make the other thing if you make people off their off balance. Well, so. yeah, that, they are just a well old machine of multiplicity. They yeah. are the NFL's version of a Rubik's cube, and right now nobody has figured out how to solve it because they have so many different interchangeable pieces that are versatile. And like you said, they can take something as simple as an inside handoff or just a slot, you know, slot receiver running a hitch route, and they can put their own twist. Of uh, of hybridism on it, and basically have a linebacker end up matched up on Christian McCaffrey, or have a Debo Samuel lined up in the backfield and totally confuse and discombobulate the defense. Yeah, because you can you move around mm-hmm. your chess pieces. Yeah, and then and, and how how do you really how do you adapt to that other than have movable chess pieces of your own? And most defenses don't have guys like that. Not at all. There's going to be they, they're basically forcing mismatches on you every play. And the only team that does have that is the 49ers. They're the ones that could be able to do that Pretty on the much. defensive side, and that's why they've had so much success. And that's what we were talking about. Their defense will always keep them in a battle, regardless of the score being what it was. What was it, 17 to 16 at halftime? They went in and they were mm-hmm. down by one. Seattle yeah. was up. But then look at it. They scored six points in the second half, and, and they just took off. The 49ers took off. But their defense is is what I I'm fearful of. We know what Kyle Shanahan's going to be able to do. He draws up some amazing plays. As a matter of fact, you always talk about complimentary uh, football. It's the mm-hmm. biggest compliment to a team when you look at it and they run a play that you designed. Miami was trying to run that wide, that tight end screen in the middle where he fakes it to one side. Oh yeah, try, the double pump fake. But it didn't have enough time because yeah. he couldn't execute it. I saw it. I said, oh, there it is. They're trying to do what he got from uh, Kyle Shanahan. He's trying to put it into this situation, which would have worked. Yeah. It would have worked. Quarterback didn't have enough time yesterday. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Uh, it's a copycat league. That's right. Uh, but <clears throat> not everybody can replicate that kind of stuff. Uh, real quick, uh, before we get to some more Cowboys discussion here, the only game we have not really discussed uh, at uh, really and broke it down was the Bengals beating the Baltimore Ravens oh, yeah, 24-17. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's – I, I thought the Bengals would have win this game by, you know, maybe even double digits, uh, two scores. Uh, that was not the case, man. Baltimore fought hard. Baltimore knows how to defend Joe Burrow. Uh, even though Joe Burrow, I thought, played pretty well, um, they only had 234 yards of total offense. Yep. Um, they averaged 4.3 yards per play. Um, the Ravens did a really good job uh, of containing them and neutralizing them, but they were 7-13 to 13 on third down, so they kept drives alive and they made crucial plays. But the biggest play of the game that really turned the game was that fumble return for a touchdown oh, yeah. by Sam Hubbard. And the Ravens called the quarterback sneak, which is my favorite short yardage play. If you need a yard or two, it's the most successful short yardage play in the history of football. But he went high instead of going low. Yeah. And John Harbaugh said in the postgame he was supposed to go low as a rookie quarterback. Sorry, as a young quarterback, inexperienced, not a rookie, but as a young, inexperienced quarterback. He decided he was going to improvise, and nobody thought it would have those types of disastrous consequences. What, what is the one thing you are always told? Never extend at the goal line. You're always taught that. Do not extend the ball because you have all your pressure points are gone. You can't control it 
like you think you can. And if you go back and you watch that exact play, he thought he was getting over. He didn't realize how far he was from getting over. And you see them swiping at his hand and Mm. pulling at it and swiping the ball. And last night I tweeted out, it bothered me because number 35, Gus Edwards, did not look like he was running. He did not put the same effort that Mark Adams was to try to stop that guy. Even if he's running with Mark Andrews, he's at least pushing him in another direction, and you might be the one to make that tackle. Mark Andrews, who's coming off of an injury himself, remember he was out a couple weeks because he was dealing Mm -hmm. with an injury. He was getting after it. But Gus Edwards, who was even further back than Mark Mark Andrews, he wasn't hustling on that play. And I know – might have been an injury that was involved, and he didn't want to pull anything. But at that point, you got to go help and save your team. You, I don't care if you're hurt or not. You got to give me a better effort than that, man. Running the length of the field because if you, you don't know what you're going to be able to do, if you tackle them, your defense might stop them. Yeah, no, you're right about that. <clears throat> I'm watching the play right now. So yeah. you brought it up. By, by the way, too, it's it is funny that Taylor Lawrence did basically the similar thing, except he did it with one hand in his game. Trevor yeah, Lawrence, yeah, and yeah. but you're like, hey man, winning, winning makes a lot of those things look less dangerous. Exactly, because <laughs> his went in. And his now, granted, not. he's uh. taller and he's longer than he what, could is he, get like that six six. <laughs> isn't he? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But at the same point, you're like, yeah, you shouldn't have done that one either. You just were closer, and so it worked. Yeah. And I watched Joe Burrow uh, with one too, and he actually did something different too. And he went, he went down, he went low, but he went to the low, like the tackle. Yep. Yeah. He went to like the outside to the edge where he would take on DBs yep. instead of taking on linemen and linebackers. So, yeah, there are plenty of ways to do it. As Patrick, as long as you convert, ain't nobody going to really nobody question the way he did that. it. Yeah. But when you don't convert, and then they get a 14-point swing. Yeah, exactly. A 14-point swing. 98-yard touchdown, which, by the way, was the longest fumble return for a touchdown in playoff history. Yeah, then people are going to question your methods. Uh, and the coach says in the postgame, which I knew John Harbaugh was upset about. No, we told him to go low, and he decided yeah. to. Freestyle. He thought he knew better than us. That's yep, all. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's basically better. what he wanted to say. He yeah. thought he knew better than us. Yeah. Uh, all right, give him a shot. We'll come back. We'll get into a Rod Schmidt today. I got some random factoids you may not, or maybe you do know, about Martin Luther King Jr. And also, we'll talk Dallas Cowboys. Man, Dallas Cowboys in the same segment with MLK. Come on, y'all lucky. It, man, that must be good. That's good. That's a good omen for the I Cowboys. Hope so. It's good mojo, baby. It's gotta I hope be. So. We'll talk about that more right here on Ball Don't Lie. One four nine the home. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butts. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is uh, MLK Day, so I want to go over a couple of random NF uh, kind of MLK factoids that we really don't talk about enough because this is fascinating when you start looking into MLK's, uh, MLK's, MLK's life and mm-hmm. all the different things that he did. And although obviously not a long life, a very impactful one, um, but I thought it was interesting when you start doing research on him, 
there are so many things that are not common knowledge about Martin Luther King Jr. that you would, they're so fascinating, so extraordinary. You would think they'd be, you know, uh, well-known, common factoids about them, but they're not. So I want to give you a, a few of those because I, I still think they're fascinating. We just do research about uh, how uh, his legacy and really how he became uh, the man um, that we all know as MLK. So Martin Luther King Jr. was, first of all, he was born Michael, Mike Arch. He was a Michael man. Yes, he was. He was a Michael. His uh, dad, My, Mike Hart. Yeah. <laughs> his, his dad, uh, Michael King Sr., traveled to Germany in the 30s. It was inspired by a Protestant Reformation leader, uh, Martin Luther, and then returning to the States, he decided to change his son's name from Michael to Martin. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also was considered a genius because he skipped multiple grades, graduated from high school when he was 15. Um, uh, enrolled at Morehouse College, earned a bachelor's in sociology at 19. So, man, it, tell me Doing some, big things. Tell me some, yeah, you're talking about genius level. So he was already something special about him when he was a, a youngster. I think everybody knew that. And one thing, you know, people don't talk about enough, he actually, when he was young, uh, it was reported most times that he actually had a, a suicide attempt uh, as a youngster. And he was so distraught, apparently, over... Uh, his grandmother, his grandmother actually had uh, an, a, a, she had an accident, had a, she died, and he was very upset by it. He was so distraught by the news. He was 12 years old when his grandmother, Jenny, died of a heart attack. Uh, reportedly, uh, based on uh, this biography, the event was so traumatic for King that he was uh, basically so distraught, he jumped from a second-story window mm. at the family home. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. destroyed by the news. Young King. So he, he dealt with his own demons, too, uh, which I think we all deal with our own demons. He also <clears throat> narrowly escaped assassination attempt a decade before his death. In 1958, uh, he was in Harlem signing copies of his new book, Stride Toward Freedom, um, when Isola Ware Curry, uh, the woman asked if he was Martin Luther King Jr. He said, yes. She said, I've been looking for you for five years. And she uh, stabbed him with a seven inch letter opener in his chest tip of the blade came to rest alongside his aorta uh and then after uh the surgeons told him after the surgery was successful um that if he sneezed he would have died like it was that close um to his heart that it could have been that fatal um yep. so um even before he was actually uh, killed he had multiple attempts on his life uh his mom actually was also slain murdered Mm-hmm. Uh, 69 year old Ab- Alberta Williams King uh, played the organ at the Ebenezer Baptist Church. Marcus Wayne Ch- Chenault Jr. Uh, in one of the front pews drew two pistols and fired shots. One of the bullets struck and killed King, who died steps uh, from where her son had preached about nonviolence. Uh, the gunman uh, said that Christians were his enemy. He was obviously deranged. Um, and he actually said he came to kill King's father who's in the congregation, um, but he killed King's mother instead because she was closer. Yeah. Talking about, I mean, I mean, Deep. Yeah. I Deep. mean, it, it, it just, it, it's a lot of tragedy in the family, too, mm-hmm. period. Um, something else I, I thought was strange, too, if you go look back the history of the assassination um, at the uh, Lorraine Motel, he actually wasn't the only one who died as a result of the uh, assassination and all of the... Uh, all the events that happened afterwards, there was a woman uh, at the hotel. She was actually um, the hotel. uh, She was one of the owners. She was a a co-owner 
uh, Lori Bailey. She ran the motel. It was named for her by her husband and, and the co-owner. So basically she went out after she heard the shot to go see what happened. Once she, she saw um, Martin Luther King there laying lifeless, she had like a, basically a heart attack. She was so distraught from it. She had uh, like an incident and she died later. Wild. Yeah. It, it it's a crazy so and and turns out basically after um king was shot they were trying to alert the authorities of course and she was in charge of the switchboard and mm. she had already passed out wow so they couldn't get the calls out that 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 so scary isn't that crazy it's- she operated the switchboard and she ran into the courtyard had essentially an episode um, and sorry, it was a fatal stroke. Wasn't her thing? It was a fatal stroke, but she, it, it was basically cause she was just panicked mm-hmm. and that was part of the reason they couldn't get help there on time. That's a crazy story. Also his brother, AD King, he was there at the hotel and this came out years later. Uh, cause they, it came out about all the people who were at the Lorraine motel at the time. Uh, Georgia Davis was there. Um, A.D. King, which is Martin Luther King's brother, Georgia Davis, who was Kentucky's first uh, black state senator and uh, one of Martin Luther King's lovers. Hmm. She was there at the request of Martin Luther King. Georgia Davis, you go look her up, she wrote a book about it and everything. Uh, A.D. King was there, his brother, and he was there with Lucretia Lukey Ward. She was the uh, two of the uh, white guests staying at the hotel. She was having an affair with Martin Luther King's brother, A.D. King. And that's what they were doing at the hotel. They were, they were, and by the way, they were both, uh, I believe, vacationing together, it says here. Georgia, mm-hmm. and Georgia Davis was there, apparently, uh, hanging out with Dr. King. Isn't that crazy? There's so much that's so deep oh, into this story. It's, and it's so a, much to... It's crazy how much stuff is there. Okay, anyway. And how much you find after death. Yes, because you know obviously people are trying to respect yeah. memories and yeah. they don't want to you yeah. know, divulge yeah. this kind of stuff, obviously, at the time. And I get it. I totally get it. Um, also, anyway, getting back to Dr. King. He also was a Trekkie. Apparently his favorite show was Star Trek. And he actually met uh, one of the members of Star Trek. Apparently he went there once and got a chance to meet the cast. And he told the actress, uh, who <laughs> Nichelle Nichols, I believe is her name, who played the uh, actress, your, I forget her name, Uhura? Uhura. Is it Uhura? Yes. See, he's a Trekkie too, he knows. Yeah, my parents uh, are. <laughs> okay, yeah. Apparently she was thinking about leaving the show um, because of different pressures and stuff. She wanted to leave the show. Um, and apparently she found out that Dr. King was a Trekkie. She said, I quote, I was stunned. Uh, he said, don't, don't you understand? There's a conversation with Dr. King. Don't you understand what Star Trek has achieved for the first time? We are, we are being seen the world over as we should be seen. Do you understand that is the only show that my wife Coretta and I will allow our little children to stay up and watch? Uh, she said she was speechless after learning, uh, about Dr. King and be- becoming a fan. So she stayed mm-hmm. on the show. Stayed on Star Trek. Good. Because of Dr. My King. My mom was a Trekkie, too. Mom was a Trekkie, too? Mom was a Trekkie, too. Dr. King's favorite show? Yep. 
Yeah, there you go. And I believe, I'm not mistaken, I believe she went on to work for NASA. Is that, did I make that up? You may be, I mean, you may be correct on that. No, I, I swear, I, I, I swear that was another, I read a lot of stuff, but I, I swear that I read, like, she actually went to work for NASA after everything. Yeah, she had NASA break, yeah, she went to work for NASA. Yeah, she, they paid tribute to her not too long ago. Isn't that wild? Yeah. She was on Star Trek. Was gonna leave Star Trek probably to go. Honestly, Doctor Doctor King should just told her to go. She worked for NASA later on. She probably could have been doing better stuff. Doctor King was like, "It helps. <laughs> Hold up, inspire. it helps my family. Yeah, it's no, inspiring. I think he was like, it is inspiring for for yeah. people, and they're inspired by yeah. it. Basically, you'll have a lot more women of color who'll go uh, apply to NASA in the future because they watch your Star Trek. Mm-hmm. So Doctor King was saying. But anyway, uh, random factoids about Doctor King that you may not know. Just want to throw those out there. Uh, okay. Uh, we'll come back. We'll talk about Cowboys. We'll give you, well, we already gave you our picks, but we're going to give you our Super Bowl selection. We haven't done that. We'll give you our Super Bowl picks on either side. We're going to give you uh, AFC and NFC, who we think is going to participate. We'll give you the winner. That's what we'll do before the uh, last wild card playoff game. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie. I want to the horn. Say it loud. Ball Don't Lie, MLK Day edition of Ball Don't Lie. Happy MLK Day to each and every one of you out there. Uh, also, I'm going to celebrate uh, MLK Day uh, the right way. So I want to thank my man Patrick for hooking us up today. It's usually a smooth soul Monday, but it was a smooth soul Monday uh, related to MLK Day. So I appreciate him for, for sure. keeping us on task all the time. Thank you from the Specs Text Line for all of your uh, participation. The show's always better when you participate. I want to give Super Bowl predictions here, guys. Let's go. I, I just want to throw them out there. Just give you an AFC, you know, participant. Give me an NFC participant, and then give me who you think is going to win the whole damn thing. <clears throat> we haven't seen the Cowboys. We haven't seen the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but uh, I think the Cowboys going to win. Nope. Uh, but do we think they're good enough to take it all the way? No. Okay. I'm going to go with the uh, San Francisco 49ers. They have been playing unbelievable football. Brock Purdy has done a great job. Mm-hmm. The defense is flying to the football, and they have those two X factors in Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey. On the AFC side, I mean, I was riding with Joe Burrow because I, I, I just feel like mm-hmm. he's got that special it quality about him. But it's tough for me to continue to roll after what I saw yesterday when – Tyler Hudley almost beat them, should have beat them if he would have gotten across the uh, – that was a 14-point swing on that play right there. You went from seven, and then you get, they got the seven, and now you're battling, and they almost got the Hail Mary to try to force it in the Lamar overtime. Jackson, they went with Lamar yeah, Jackson. They, they with beat Lamar you with Lamar. Now. But Lamar was not there, which is kind of another story. Uh, but until – I want to, I, I still want to ride with them, but I got to see what Kansas City looks like this coming weekend. Um, I I I, ha- I reserve the right to change it because I got to see what they look like. But I I'm going with Cincinnati playing San Fran and San Fran winning again. Reserve the right to waffle. Yeah, no, right. just on the just on that just on the just on the <laughs> NFC. I mean on the AFC side because I want to <laughs> see them. I don't believe Philadelphia has enough. I don't think that they are going to be that type of team to be able to get there. What I've seen from San Francisco, that's 11 straight games that they've won. 
convincingly. But reserving the right to waffle, though, on the AFC side. Yes. So it's not actually a Super Bowl pick you're making then. Okay, we can go there. <laughs> we can go there. Because I no, just got to say, but I, you know you know, I'm riding with Burrow. I, I'm I, saying, I, I'm, if that's the case, I'll reserve the right to waffle on both sides. Then that's the case. No, you then. can only have one. Uh, you can only have one waffle. One waffle? Hey, yeah. hey wait, can, I, can waffle? I waffle after let, next week? Let go my echo then. One waffle. Come on. You're making picks over here now. That's what I'm doing. I'm riding with Kansas City then. Okay. He just waffled. He just waffled. He just waffled. He took him. It took him 30 seconds. Tip of the cap to you guys. Tip of the cap to you guys. It took him 30 seconds to use that waffle. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to Kansas City. All right, Patrick, who you got? Yeah, I mean, 49ers right now look really good. I think Philly may be a year away from there. I mean, they could do it, but I think they're still a year away. Uh, just need to get a little bit more experience. And then the Chiefs right now, the, uh, the, the Bengals look flawed. That O-line is just really beat yeah, up. beat up. Uh, they had another injury. They had another injury. Yeah. So they dislocated I, kneecap. That, Left tackle, right? Yeah. And Jonah Josh Williams. Allen seems like he doesn't want to win it because he does keep turning the ball over. Kansas City knows how to win these games. I, I, that's just how it's Kansas City and, and 49ers for me. I'm worried about the, the Kansas City defense a little bit. But I am too. I, I, you guys, I, I got Tom we, Brady. I got um, Patrick Mahomes boy, though. Yeah, no, my mm. homies. I, yeah. uh, I mean, that's exactly where I was going. I was going with a rematch of uh, that 49er uh, Chiefs Super Bowl, but this time I'll take the 49ers to actually win it. Win it all. I think it's time for my boy Shannon. I think he's. The- you will be at that game if they if they get to the Super Bowl. We are going to Radio Row for the mm. Super Bowl. No, where is it? It's at? in Phoenix. It's in Phoenix? Yeah. Okay, that's a nice spot. That's yeah. a great spot. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's a nice spot. That's a nice spot. Yeah, we're uh, but I think that with the, way, <laughs> with the way that Shannon's built the team, he's built it in a way that's going to take the rest of the NFL a season or two to catch up to it. When he made the trade for Christian McCaffrey, he's zigging, everybody else is zagging. We have devalued the running back position, and yet he has prioritized the running back position. We have increased the value of the quarterback position, and yet he's got a third string, you know, seventh round Mr. Irrelevant rookie playing quarterback for him and we're all picking him to go to the Super Bowl and or to win the thing um, that's a and he lost Mike McDaniel by the way yep. which was kind of his consigliere yep. uh, and I think that's a it just shows you what type of coach he is so yeah I'm going this year he wins it all gets his first one nice with a backup well third string quarterback Mr. Man, Irrelevant what that, a story that would it'd be an unbelievable story but we'll see we'll we still see got some though. weeks we still got some weeks uh, alright Cowboys coming up next so don't go anywhere folks got the Cowboys pregame right here on 104.9 The Horn and then you'll have uh, all the festivities uh, coming right after that I want to thank my man Harsh for doing a great job thank my man Patrick as well thank all you guys out there for listening happy MLK Day uh, remember the revolution will not be televised we'll talk about it right here on Ball Don't Lie we love you guys we mean that take care of yourselves but more Importantly, take care of each other. Peace.